I literally measure my life in terms of how much I weighed in a certain mm. season. Mm. Like I can look at a picture of myself. Forget what was happening in the picture and how yeah. much fun you're having. Mm. I look at the picture and I know other women who have done this. The first thing they say about that picture is, oh, that's back when I weighed this. And yeah. now I weigh this. Mm. And it depresses me. I reached a point in my own health journey where I actually had to say, I'm not going to own a scale because I'm not going to let that number control my life. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, welcome to episode three of season three of the Real Talk Podcast. I am Kara, hanging out in the newly painted Real FM studio mm-hmm. with Anson and Isaac. It's so nice. It's so nice, and it still smells a little bit we like We have paint. our own digs. We have our own digs. There's some fun green towers yes. that mm-hmm. light up in the corner. Yes. And then lovely gray walls that are so yes. pretty. If you paint can the, picture the picture for the listeners. I'm trying to paint the picture. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's lovely. I think we're going to be super extra inspired. And hopefully we're not high by the end of the episode no. because there's still some paint fumes in here I feel like as well there are but if we are then if that's things our get a excuse. little weird that's our excuse by the end <laughs> yeah exactly so real talk is a show where we get real about everything from current events to culture and faith and today the conversation centers around body image guys this is a doozy I'm mm. a little nervous about We're this get really real really real but I'm actually really excited too because this is something that's been a part of my life my entire life just dealing with the trickiness of body image and health as a woman and just mm. as a person. Mm-hmm. It's become trickier and trickier, I think, as we've moved forward in culture. And right now, there's a moment happening in mm-hmm. culture, I feel like, where there's a lot of conversation going on around body positivity and that movement versus can you be body positive and still promote health? Is mm. that a thing? There's a lot of disagreement and literally like three articles popped up in my feed this week about mm. this. Weight Watchers even like recently changed their name to WW, which apparently doesn't stand for anything. I don't, we don't know. <laughs> Just WW. Like Just WW. Wub, wub. They're not a yeah. big anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But they're saying it's in an effort to focus more on fitness rather than weight. Mm. And there's a lot of conversation going on around this right now. So that's what we're going to talk about today in the conversation. First, let's go to our shameless plug. We're going to try something a little bit different a few episodes this season and plug something that's not ourselves. Yes. <laughs> so today we want to give a shout out to Lauren Daigle. Yeah. Have you guys been keeping track of what has been happening with Lauren Daigle? I've been listening to the album, if that's what you mean. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a great start because apparently you're not the only one. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are listening to yeah. her album, Look Up Child. It debuted at number three on the wow. Billboard 200 when it came out. She was only beaten by Paul McCartney and Eminem. Wow. Which is pretty tough competition. Yeah. That's intense. Honestly. But here's some other people that she finished ahead of. Drake, Ariana Grande, Mac Miller, Post what? Malone, Travis Scott, Nicki Minaj. Wow. Ahead of all of those. That's she sold 115,000 units in her first week, which would be enough for number one in a lot of other weeks. Like yeah. Camila Cabello's album, uh, when it came out, it hit 110 and it was number one on debut. So she kind of just hit a bad week, honestly. She had to go up against Going a former against Beatle. Paul yeah. McCartney. <laughs> right. But she has been incredibly successful. It's the biggest Christian music album 
album of 2018. It's the biggest traditional sales from any Christian album in almost a decade. Wow. It's the biggest sales week for a Christian female artist in two decades. Oh, my gosh. So she's setting records all over the place. Honestly, Lauren Daigle is an artist. A lot of her music would probably be a better fit for our sister station, KLRC, than for Real FM. And yet she's making some real inroads in terms of pop culture, which is really cool. And I think it's kind of showing some of the power of Christian music. Mm. I mean, you have Christian artists who are in the top five on the Billboard Top 200. And then you have all these artists who are more traditional mainstream artists Mm. who are releasing songs that relate to spirituality. Uh, for crying out loud, Avril Lavigne just released a <laughs> worship song. And it's a banger. So it's I have so no good. idea what's happening I in the world it. right now. Christian music is kind of flexing its muscle a little bit. Yeah. And I'm here for it. It's time for what we are into this week. And y'all, I'm taking a trip down Nostalgia Lane. Yeah. This, actually, I'm like doing a manual combo down Nostalgia Lane. <laughs> And then grinding on the curb and then hopping back <laughs> off, sketching a taxi cab. You're oh. getting all of these references if you ever played Tony Hawk Pro Skater. That is my only connection to the skateboard world at all, yeah. video games. Yes. So I know about half of what you just said. Yeah. And the yeah. only reason I know it is because of Tony Hawk 64. Yes. So I have discovered that there are Spotify playlists that have all of these soundtracks to the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, what? which is how as a young sheltered homeschooled lad, <laughs> how I discovered how much I loved punk music because wow. it was on like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 yeah. GameCube. Oh my gosh. So I've just been like <laughs> over the last couple of days listening through all of these weird playlists. That's amazing. And it's been amazing. Okay. I might need to find these and listen to them. I probably don't have as much of a connection to this music as you do. But there's still something about like video game music where like I put so many hours into those games. I'm sure I would instantly recognize all those songs even if I haven't heard them in years. Yeah. Like I found myself singing along to like weird 80s hard rock that I would never have listened to normally. But I'm just like in the car bopping to it. I'm like, (laughs) wow, man, such a gem. So I've been going through old playlists from Tony Hawk. What is there like a song or several that like stand out to you? Oh, man. So there's TNT by ACDC. That's from Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Okay. Also from Pro. Skater 4, which had a great soundtrack, was uh, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads by Less Than Jake. It's a ska band. <laughs> it's the song that introduced okay. the concept of ska to me. So that is awesome. That song was also in the Digimon movie, too. So shout out my, <laughs> shout out my Digimon crew. Oh, wow. You're out there. I know. This is exciting. Please forward me that playlist. I've got, so I've got all the links. I've got all the links. Oh, all right. Awesome. Here's what I'm into this week. It's a game called Jackbox Party Pack. Okay. Have you guys ever heard of this? No, no. Affiliated with Jack in the Box? Uh, No, not quite. (laughs) Jackbox is actually the name of the developer that made this game. Yes. And it's a video game, but it's kind of more of a party game, almost like a board game. So it's not something that's really just for like video game nerds or something like that. In fact, my family was over this last weekend, my parents and my sister, and we all played this together. You can download this game on any platform. So if you have like an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Nintendo Switch, you can have it on there. You can also download it to your computer. It's this game that shows up on your TV and you play using your smartphone Oh, and they have like five different mini games you can play. So for example, one of the games is called Fibbage. So it gives you a fact with a fill in the blank. So it might be like George W. Bush in 2002 
ran his car into a blank. I'm making this up. He didn't (laughs) actually do that. Right. (laughs) But so then everybody in the group has to fill in the blank with their own answer. And then there's also the truth. Right. And so you do this on your phone and then it shows all the answers up on the screen and you have to pick which one that you think is true. That sounds kind of balderdashy. Yeah. Yeah, If you've ever played the game balderdash, it's very similar to that. But it does it all on the TV. It keeps track of everyone's scores and it has this really fun kind of presentation style. Yes. And then there's some games that like naturally set you up to just do like really funny things. Yeah. Another mini game is called Break the Internet. It gives you a certain type of site, like say a video watching site. Uh-huh. Okay. So it gives everyone a prompt, say something like describe your perfect day in three words. Uh-huh. So Kara, describe your perfect day in three words. Uh, oh no. Okay. Sleep, books, tea. <laughs> Sleep, books, tea. Okay. So like it might take that and then it might give what you wrote to Isaac and it would say sleep, books, and tea would be a ridiculous comment on a video with this title. Oh, right. So then he has to come up with a title where that would be a really funny comment. Gotcha. So you end up pairing weird things together. Creates lots of laughs. It's really, really fun. And you can play with, depending on the mode, anywhere from like eight to 16 people. Wow. So it's really fun when you have a big group of people. Yeah. So if you're having a big group of people to get together, I'm thinking especially like Thanksgiving, Christmas Mm, gatherings, that kind of thing. This is a really fun game that whether you're like eight years old or 80 years old, yes. anywhere in between, everyone can get involved, yes. have a lot of fun with this. Nice. So if, yeah, you're looking for a fun family get together activity, check out Jackbox Party Pack. There's actually four of them and each one has a different set of mini games that you can play with your family. What I'm into this week is fall just in general, mm-hmm. just, just fall because it's feeling like fall outside. Finally, we had a few weeks of like 90 degree weather. And then on the first day of fall, it dropped. It was awesome. <laughs> I could, Flipping the switch. I couldn't think of the metaphor right just then, but it dropped and I'm so excited about it. And so I've been burning the fall candle at home, which is actually called leaves. Mm. It's, it's a, oh, Kara's been so burning good. leaves. Literally just burning just piles burning of leaves, leaves in, in my house. Cody yeah. walks in and there's just a stack of smoldering <laughs> embers. What is happening? It's fall. It's so exciting. Answer, it's fall. <laughs> Doesn't everybody burn these in their living room? (laughs) No, not burning actual leaves, but burning the candle Mm. leaves and drinking lots of tea. And I walked outside this morning and it was actually chilly. And I got really excited about that because it means Uh, pretty soon I can pull out like the sweaters and mm. the boots. And oh, I'm just so ready for it. Fall is one of my favorite times of year. And we're getting married in early November. And so the more it starts to feel like fall, Mm. the more I'm like excited about that because it Mm. feels like we're getting closer to that. So that's awesome. I am into fall this week. The fall weather this morning made me have the most grandpa thought I've ever had. (laughs) I walked outside and my hands instantly got cold and I thought, time to buy some new mittens. I was like, oh, God. That's amazing. That is a very grandpa thought. <laughs> Isaac is wearing his beanie today, which is That's true. The beanie has made an appearance. <laughs> Not necessarily an indication I was of say, fall. Do you wear it in the middle of summer, too? Oh, all the time. He does. Okay. Yeah. That's true. I, I mean, I saw more like ball caps, though, yeah. during true. the summer. Yeah. I feel like maybe, <laughs> it's it's, maybe it's a little bit of a tell that like fall is coming. It's officially like, tiny hat season. Yeah. Tiny. The percentage of days in which Isaac wears his beanie. <laughs> starts to creep up in it September. Does. It's a groundhog situation. And you all both had flannel on yesterday, yep. I feel like. Mm. So that's another indication. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. done a couple of fire pits already oh, the last hey. couple of weekends. That's... And it's just that like perfect weather right now yeah. where at night it gets to about like 65 degrees or so. Yes. So the warmth of the fire actually kind of feels good yes. instead of just making you sweat. <laughs> but also it's not like so cold yeah. that you're yeah. like freezing and exactly. you're just like, I just want to go inside. So perfect. I'm with you. I do love this time of year. <laughs> Beep, 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 beep,
All right, now it's time for everyone's favorite feature, how to adults navigating the potholes of adulthood together. This week, I have more of a command and not a tip for people. <laughs> a command. This oh, is, wow. This is more of a... You uh, will navigate the potholes of adulthood. <laughs> now. Okay. So uh, I'm in that stage of the mid-20s where... Finding time to hang out with people is uh, the single most difficult thing ever. Right. I'm all but taking my friends hostage to go to coffee with them <laughs> at this point. So my note on this one is make a dang calendar on Google and invite your dang friends. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Mostly because okay. I awesome. have started a friend calendar on my Google Cal oh. and it is making hangouts actually possible. That's amazing. Because people are telling me what they're doing and I'm like, stop. I'm going to put my Google Cal. <laughs> Hang on. I share this with like nine people. Everyone knows what I'm doing at all times. <laughs> it's so nice. I'm just having these images of you like whipping out like a Palm Pilot yes. with like a little stylus yeah. and be like, let me just, you know, make that appointment. In my I put my Bluetooth headset on. <laughs> My personal assistant, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica, do I have a four o'clock on Tuesday? Go to coffee with Daniel, Jessica. Put it in. That's amazing. But okay, the best thing about this, though, is that if you do fill up a day on your Google Calendar, but yeah. then something else comes up, oh. you could be like, cancel everything, right? Like, you know how they do like, everything, you know, cancel all my appointments today. Oh, like, I want to do that. One of, one of the things that Brie has actually teased me about is she noticed on our shared calendar that on like a Sunday morning, I had Isaac shredding <laughs> from like 7 to 10 a.m. I was at the skate park and she goes, did you really put Isaac shredding in a calendar? And I was like, yes, yes if it's I on did. the calendar, it's got to happen. It's right? going to happen. It's so funny. I had a friend of mine the other day say that he finally figured out kind of the way to coordinate his wife and his schedules. Yeah. And they were using like Outlook invites. Oh, oh my, my goodness. And I was goodness. like, that That's... sounds like the most unromantic yes. way to do that possible. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I totally get it. It's a thing. Yeah. Like it's totally you, you have thing. to find a way yeah. to make that work. And that was working for them. Yeah. So. See, I would be nervous about having a Google calendar where everyone could see my life schedule because. <laughs> Because here's the thing. I need introvert time. Mm. Do you put introvert time on your calendar? Because I feel like everyone's going to be judging me for that. Like, why can't you hang out with me between three and five on Thursday? Because I need to be You're gonna sane. You're going to look at Kara's like, calendar and it's just going to be like Kara time, Kara time, Kara time, Kara time, like every hour of every day. Right. You know what you should do? Just put Kara shredding. Sure. And go. people will think it's cool. That's what it means. Yes, Kara's shredding that's on her couch. Code for <laughs> in her living time. room <laughs> with Get Netflix. Burning some leaves in her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is now time for Overrated, where we mercilessly roast everyone's favorite nouns. <laughs> I've picked out a good one. In honor of it being October now, what is the biggest thing that happens in the month of October? Oh, you're mm. not about to roast it, are you? What is it, guys? Oh. At the end of October. Uh, Halloween. October 31st, Halloween. I think Halloween is overrated. Now, oh. hold on. I'm going to add one caveat to this. And oh. there's there's one category of people okay. for whom Halloween is not overrated, in okay. my opinion. Okay. If you are between the ages of three and uh. 12, <laughs> Halloween is not overrated. Okay. Halloween is awesome when you're between the ages of three and 12 because it's a holiday where literally you just get bags of candy. <laughs> And what, That's true. what is better than what that? Be better than yeah. that? I'm not sure that there is much. That's true. However, once you get past that phase, in my opinion, Halloween is highly, highly overrated. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Halloween parties. Oh my gosh. I loathe them. Strong word. Trying to find <laughs> a creative costume for a Halloween party <laughs> when uh -huh, you're someone uh -huh. who is like an introvert and <laughs> overly sensitive, like about, oh. like, I don't like 
drawing attention <laughs> to myself in those types of settings. Okay. And yet that's the whole point of a Halloween costume. You're right. Right. Yeah, that's true. And every creative thing has been done. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. look at the internet, like everyone's already tried all of the really creative yeah. punny Halloween yeah. costumes you're or whatever. And then the other part of it is if you're at home, all of the kids who are ages three to 12 oh. are ringing on your doorbell and you have to hand out the candy, yeah. which is not nearly as fun as receiving it, <laughs> by the way. Now, I'm not trying to be like an old stodgy, you know, I'm not going to hand out Halloween candy. <laughs> but the neighborhood that my wife and I lived in for a number of years, it was like the most popular neighborhood oh, in town oh, that's right. for kids to come get Halloween candy. People would drive their kids into our neighborhood <laughs> and it becomes what? this traffic jam. Yes, yeah, seriously. Oh I would gosh. get home from work on Halloween night and I would wouldn't be able to get to my house no. because there's so many cars parked or driving two that miles an hour unreal. along the street watching their kids. That's crazy. I couldn't even get home. And the first year that we were there, we bought, I don't know, a couple big bags of, yeah. you know, variety yeah. candy bars or whatever. And we were out within like 10 minutes oh my because goodness. there was just literally a constant stream. It was like an assembly line where you just hand out the candy to the kids. And then we were it out. It became a job for you. Yeah. And we were like, this is no fun. Yeah. Like right. it's, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that put a bad taste in my mouth for Halloween, Ooh. but I'm just not a big fan. Are there exceptions? Because last year at your house, we had what was my favorite Halloween party ever. We had the Stranger Things. Mm hmm party when Stranger Things came this out. This is true. And we all we dressed had a Stranger up. Things watch party. Yeah. And I'm not usually a dress up person. Yeah. But I dressed up as Barb and I had a really good time with that. Okay. I will say too. that was pretty fun. <laughs> I, I think the reason that we probably did that yeah. is because my wife and I are so disillusioned with Halloween in general. Yeah. Uh, okay, We're like, what yeah. can we do with Halloween to make it fun? To make it yeah. fun. And our version of that was, okay, let's uh, dress up okay. as characters we actually like, kind of a theme yeah. party kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Let's watch a show we enjoy and let's do it with people we enjoy. Okay, yeah. that's fair. And that's maybe only fun. like six of them. <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it you low know, key. Because like, I feel like yeah. for adults, the only right. Halloween options are like, give out candy in your neighborhood or go get hammered. Right. In a costume. True. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the traditional Halloween party, I find nothing enjoyable. Yeah. No, no. Loud party, lots of drinking. Yeah, no, people dressing up in mostly really uncreative costumes and like all the like yeah. sexy women that costumes. My sexy cheerleader <laughs> costume two years ago was bad. I am afraid I missed it. No, yeah. way. I'm very thankful I missed that. <laughs> Now it is time for Mad Lib the News, a new segment where we bring you the news, but now with 200% more fun <laughs> because the news, let's face it, can be really depressing. Mm. So guys, I need your help with a story today. All right. All right. Here we go. I need a noun, please. Mm, cat. Nice. And now a number. 1372. <laughs> 13's fine. 1372. There so will be, sad. There will be more numbers. Okay. Well, I, was just, okay. I was wondering how many cats might appear in this story. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking for Kara, we've got to make it a That's high a number. That's a good point. But 13, I 13 is still a large There's still number a lot of cats. cats so. Yeah. Plural noun. Uh, lattes. <laughs> Another plural noun, please. Sofas. Okay. This is sounding like a very Kara-ish story. So it yeah. is. I like yeah. this. 13 cats, latte, sofa. Sofas. <laughs> like, I really, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> it sounds like... <laughs> Carol was talking about, like you know, we we're talking day. about yeah, yeah. Dream yeah. Day. 13, like cats, 13 cats lots of on lattes. a sofa with lattes. <laughs> yes. Amen. All right. Another noun, please. <laughs> Doesn't have to be Carol related. <laughs> I kind of feel like we should keep it going. Uh, leaf. Nice. Adjective. Crusty. 
Ooh. Okay. Crusty. Hope that's a leaf and not something else <laughs> in my living room. I like regretted that as I said. Crusty. Crusty. It's, okay. it's all right. Uh, another noun, please. Pumpkin. Good job. And I like no, this theme we've got going. I do too. A number. 72. 72. There you go. <laughs> All right, good. Instantly quiet on that one on my end. Like, <laughs> got that in there. Yeah. An adjective, please. Um, I know, it's getting harder. I've got a terrible one if you can't find oh, yeah, it. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Moist. Moist. Oh. Ah. Crusty and moist in yeah. the Isaac, same story. You're bringing yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Throw in this one. No, another <laughs> noun, please. Wedding. <laughs> I need a number in a percent. 99. Okay. Another adjective, please. I actually need two adjectives. So um, sure. cranky. Oh, I like it. Obtuse. Obtuse. Uh-huh. And then a year. 1987. Adjective. I have lots of adjectives in this. Tiny. <laughs> Tiny. <laughs> I like it. A little man just walked in <laughs> and suggested that. Two plural nouns. Let's go with bobcats. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to go with bears. Oh my. Bobcats and bears. This sounds exciting. Another adjective, please. I'm almost done. Oh man. So many adjectives. I know. Let's see. Let's go with stinky. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That was <laughs> yeah, a good one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a number. 11. Of course. Two nouns. And then we're done. Boop. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Let's do shoe. Oh These are going to go well together. God. I can tell. You ever drink latte out of a shoe? <laughs> now through the magic of editing, we are going to bring you the news with 200% more fun. And now it is time for news brought to you by Real FM. Yesterday in the news, we learned Sonic was sold to Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings Cat for $13. Wild Wings Cat. They have a cat. For $13. $13. Arby's likes to boast in its TV lattes that it has the sofas. We have the sofas. We have the sofas. Arby's leaf is about to get crusty. (laughs) It's buying pumpkin joint Sonic for $13. Pumpkin joint. Moist Brands, a private wedding-backed firm. (laughs) There it is. That's the worst name for a brand. It is. A private wedding-backed firm that owns Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings is paying nearly 99% more for Sonic than what shares were trading at on Monday. Sonic is famous for its cranky ads and obtuse 1987s-esque drive-in locations. (laughs) Kind of true. (laughs) The company also recently joined the tiny fast food trend of launching odd new bobcats with its bears. (laughs) (laughs) Moist Brands, which also owns Stinky Taco, said said that nothing major will change at Sonic, though. That one, I got really bad. I know. The The chain, which has more than 11 poops, will be operated as an independent shoe. (laughs) And that concludes this episode of Mad Live the News. (laughs) 
now it is time to dive into the conversation and we are diving deep today, guys. We're talking about body image and this is a big conversation that's happening in a lot of different places. I've read three articles this week alone about what seems to be a, oh, what's the word? (laughs) A bit of an at odds situation between the body positivity movement and fat shaming is, Mm. I guess, what I would call the other side. So... There's been a lot of people who struggle with weight coming out and saying, you know what? We're feeling very discriminated against. Mm. We're feeling very shamed, very put down as individuals, and Mm. we're not going to stand for this. So we're going to start this movement of body positivity, accepting and loving ourselves as we are and saying, you know, the standard for beauty that exists in our culture is not necessarily true or right or okay. Mm. That's been happening for a while, but more recently, like there's been some magazines that have featured plus size models on the cover Mm -hmm. in swimsuits, things like that. And there's actually been a pretty big backlash against that from people coming out and saying, oh, this is promoting obesity. Mm. This is a horrible thing. This is a serious health risk in our country and all over the world, really. And this shouldn't be happening. And so the question that a lot of people are facing is, can you be body positive and not pro obesity? But also just what does health look like? This whole picture of weight and health and all these things has become so tied together and so distorted that I think most of us, myself included, we don't even realize how we're viewing these issues. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I agree. Because can obesity be a health problem? It seems like it probably is. Yes. And yet, have we focused on that to the exclusion of probably any other health problem. Like right. uh, it seems like we place a massive emphasis on weight, probably just because it's one of the most outwardly visible things, right? Mm. Like I don't look at Isaac and know that he has some other health issue going on, but yes. I can see if someone's overweight. And so that's what we latch on to. Yeah. Yeah. And body image goes well beyond health as well. So right? We've beyond. decided that being skinny is sexy yes. and being large is not. And so that's something that we're dealing with at the same same time. Like there's health issues connected <laughs> yeah. to this. There's definitions of beauty. Right. It's very complex when you look at it holistically. Yeah. And I think that it doesn't just affect people who would be classified as obese. It's like you said, it disproportionately affects them. But I say it also affects everyone as a whole, because when we make weight the go to for judging a health A lot of people who are maybe underweight go overlooked and they don't Mm. get stuff checked out and no one really makes them check in on their own health. So right. Because you just assume, oh, you're you're skinny. So you're healthy. Right. So there's (laughs) no no problems there. So it's something that we kind of all deal with in some form or another. It is. It is. And the whole issue of weight and body image is something I have struggled with my entire life since grade school, Mm. I would say. And along with that goes my relationship to food and Mm. emotions and Mm. I was an emotional eater when I was a kid and still am to a certain degree. But when I was younger, especially, I didn't know to name that. But for a lot of people, this issue is so much more than just a surface issue. And that's, I think, what the body positivity movement is trying to bring out is Mm. to bring out, hey, this is a big deal. It's very complex. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it can be oversimplified. It's just just diet and exercise. What's wrong with you? Like, just do it and just get healthy. It's so much more complicated than that. Absolutely. And that's the thing that we want to dive into more than anything is acknowledging this is complex. Let's be honest. Talking about this scares us to death because (laughs) we're afraid like we're going to do this wrong. But we feel like it needs to be talked about because, man, it's a big deal. And we want to together 
talk about it and find some sort of healthy perspective in the middle. One of the places that we have to start is with what Kara's already alluded to. And that is that in our culture, we've created this incredibly closely linked connection that really I think we view as proportional between health and weight. Mm -hmm. So the heavier you are, the less healthy you are. And that has tons of far reaching implications. Mm -hmm. If that's what we believe, not only medically, but Mm -hmm. just culturally, if someone is larger and therefore they are unhealthier, we think less of that person. Mm -hmm. Right. And it Mm -hmm. only reinforces the negative stereotypes that we have about people that are overweight. Those things are not necessarily as directly tied as we tend to believe. Yes. And I can come at this from the perspective of a relatively skinny person. Mm -hmm. So I've grown up very skinny. I've always been skinny. When I was in elementary school, I had friends that called me bones as my nickname. (laughs) So if anything, I I was told how almost unhealthily skinny I was at times. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I'm six, three, I'm about 173 or four pounds right now. Now, I've been working out really hard the last three or four months. I've lost about 12 or 15 pounds as a result of doing that. Wow. But even when I was pretty sedentary, I was 6'3", maybe 185 or 186 at yeah. my heaviest. Yeah. I have friends who are the same height as me and are significantly larger people. And the thing is, when I talk to those people and I talk to them about their lifestyle and what they're doing, the food that they're eating, mm-hmm. um, their exercise routines or lack thereof. Yeah. What I've discovered is oftentimes they're not really much different than mine, yeah. frankly. Right. I mean, for the majority of my adult life, I have been predominantly sedentary. Yeah. Mm. Occasionally I get into an exercise kick or Mm. I do that for a little while, but I have gone long stretches of time where I'm not really exercising Mm. in any significant way. I don't watch my diet really in any significant way other than the occasional, oh, I've already had a burger and fries this week. I probably shouldn't have that again tonight (laughs) kind of a thing, right? I mean, my wife cooks great meals. We eat vegetables. I like vegetables, those types of things. Uh, But I would say largely I'm probably a pretty average person. Mm -hmm. And I don't think average is probably very good. Like I I don't mean average as in I'm average in terms of health. I mean like unhealthy (laughs) is probably average, I'm I'm guessing. If not, then I'm below average because Mm -hmm. Uh, I have not necessarily been all that health conscious in my adult life. But so I look at someone else who weighs maybe two or 300 pounds and a six, three, they're eating the same things I'm eating. They're not exercising in the same way. I'm not exercising. And yet we're a hundred pounds different. Right. right? So when both of us walk into a room, people are going to look at us and go, Anson is more healthy than that person just based on our weight. Yeah. Yep. What they don't know is that I have sky high cholesterol. Right. That I have a, a number of health issues. I have thyroid problems. Like I, I am not necessarily the poster child for a healthy fit person, even if that's what my body communicates to people. And it's just one example of this fact that health and weight are not directly proportional. And yet that's the assumption that we make. And honestly, I probably have benefited from that in Mm. my life. Yeah. So I think there's a direct correlation between health and weight that we've made. And also, of course, weight and attractiveness, which kind of goes without saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned I struggled with this in early grade school. I feel like this is a thing for most women. I literally measure my life at times when I'm in an unhealthy place in terms of how much I weighed in a certain Mm. season. Mm. Like I can look at a picture of myself during a season and I mean, forget like what was happening in the picture and how much fun you're having. Like I look at the the, first thing you see. yeah, Yeah. I look at the picture and I know other women who have done this. The first thing they say about that picture is, Oh, that's back when I weighed this and now I weigh this. Mm. And it just breaks my heart every time that happens because 
I'm like, what? Really? Like that's the way yeah, we're measuring that's the most our important life. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It depresses me. And so I reached a point in my own health journey where I actually had to say, I'm not going to own a scale because I'm not going to let that number control my life. Yeah. Now, are there things I need to work on? Yes. But it became such a stumbling block for me that I was like, I, I have to move away from this yeah. somehow. And it does seem to me that this disproportionately in some ways affects women. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. not that body image doesn't affect men. I'm not trying to say that at all because sure. it absolutely does. And, and maybe at times we even lose track of that. Yeah. But it does seem like women in particular really struggle with this issue mm-hmm. yeah. from what I understand. I, I don't know the science behind it or anything like that, but even just in talking to my own wife, mm-hmm. it seems like for a lot of girls, this starts at a very young age. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, elementary or middle school oh, yeah. where you have elementary. girls who, okay. Yeah. Elementary school. Definitely. Yeah. So, so girls who tend to grow faster than boys yes. at a very young age and they tend to be taller and sometimes larger than boys are yep. and become very self-conscious about mm. that very, very quickly. Very quickly. And it sounds like that was your experience. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was the fat kid in school and for several years, all I would wear is like the giant baggy gym shorts and giant baggy t-shirts because I was so self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I felt overwhelmed by that. It starts so young and yeah. it just doesn't really go away. Like you start to measure yourself by... I'm in a good place. I am a good person if I weigh this. And the minute I start to go over that, yeah. you start to feel, oh no, I'm in that size jeans now. I'm not a right. worthy person. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. Every time me and my wife are looking at photos and stuff, she'll say like, oh, so skinny then. I'm looking at a photo of us from like four years ago and yep. she's like, oh, I don't know why I thought I was fat then. Just it's a thing. And, and that's not, that doesn't take me aback because I hear it from every single person in yes. my life that's a woman. Like it's, It's one of these like cultural things that I think we just have agreed that this is what Mm. women do. They think that they're fat. And like, that's so sad that we've just been like, okay, it's normal. Like, I don't know. Mm. Like it's, uh, it's a broader cultural thing. I think that you're getting the message from somewhere that you're supposed to look this way. And if you don't, your other. Some people might say they might try to make the argument that a lot of that is self-inflicted. If we could just have better self-image, mm. that would improve things a lot. Right. And certainly self-image plays a role, right? Sure. The way we view ourselves and the attitude we have towards ourselves matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I've done reading and research this week, there's also more to it than that. There yeah. is. Like, it's not just about self-image. There is cultural judging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we intuitively know and we see the discrimination yeah. against mm-hmm. people who are heavier. There's this, like, overwhelming fear associated with becoming and moving towards that. And that mm-hmm. leads to eating disorders. It leads yeah. to mental health disorders. We've created the stigma that... If you weigh over a certain amount, you are bad yeah. <laughs> or you are lazy or you're undisciplined or you're whatever. Never mind all of the other factors that go into that. Right. We have created a ideal person. And if you don't look like that, you should be ashamed. A lot of people feel that way in a lot of different environments. I've been listening to stories that people have been sharing on this issue, talking about going to a party or to some sort of social function or maybe even just at work. They have to be conscious about what food they're bringing to work, because Mm. if a coworker sees you eating some dessert or something, what are they going to think of that? Are they going to be thinking, oh, that person shouldn't be eating that because they weigh more? I mean, those are things, again, that I don't necessarily have to deal with, even though I shouldn't be eating that pie either. Yeah. Like, but nobody gives me those types of looks. I don't feel people's eyes on me right. in the way that people mm. who are yeah. overweight 
get yeah. that yeah. type of reaction from people on a this very is, regular basis. This is way anecdotal, but anytime that I'm out with like a larger group of people, like nine times out of 10, when there's leftovers on the table or there's a situation where like leftovers or extra food is available, mm-hmm. it always gets pushed to like my end. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Isaac, eat up, dude, human <laughs> garbage disposal because I'm 25 and, you know, I'm relatively mm. skinny. Yeah. And I have to feel like, you know, everyone else at that table is getting that message that Mm. Isaac gets a pat on the head for being skinny. Mm. He gets, Mm. you know, the extra food. All of us have had enough. And that's just like that subtle language of it and that little programming, those messages that go out. You don't get this because you look like this. And we see that. The thought of navigating a day where you have to be so tactical about when you eat and Mm. who you eat around. I can't imagine the mental stress that that. Oh, yeah. If you talk about being an emotional eater, that can't can't help. Well, and that's the thing that I keep reading in in all of these studies that's fascinating to me is that one effect of weight bias or this discrimination is that it actually makes you eat more because the stress Mm. hormone cortisol, when that's activated in your system, it makes you hungry. Literally, it increases your appetite and reduces the will to exercise and even improves the taste of food. One study said so. What is your instinct when you're feeling like someone just told you you're a horrible person and just yelled at you with not a helpful, like, eat less? Yeah, and then everyone has crutches that they fall to, whether it's physical activity, food, alcohol, cigarettes. The difference is is that food is something that we need every day, right? Like, I can say I can quit alcohol. I don't need it. quit food. Yeah, like, I don't need it to sustain Mm. me. So when food is the comfort thing, that has to be so hard. Yeah, that's what people are trying to do. They've been shamed so much. They're like, okay, I'll just stop eating. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not help. Although if you do decide to do that, starve yourself, essentially, you might lose weight initially, right? I mean, what kind of feedback loop is that creating for you when exactly. again you're losing weight and if we're tying that to health yeah you could leap to the conclusion and say this is uh, this is me being healthier right when in reality it's not at all like you know no. starving yourself is not a healthy practice oh my gosh, right? no. no matter what it's doing to your weight and there's stories of doctors who say to people they show up and essentially they're starving themselves and the doctor says well whatever you're doing it's working keep doing it mm, and yeah. you're like no that's <laughs> yeah. an eating disorder yeah but because it looks different on the outside. It's not addressed properly or taken seriously. And that's one of the challenges with medical care, I feel like mm-hmm. right now, is when you go see your primary physician or doctor, unless you have a really great one, which hopefully you do, but mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily, or if your experience is just average, I'm not trying to say these doctors are bad doctors, no. but just the way the system is set up and the way yeah, the culture things work, you go in for your wellness exam or whatever, you talk to a nurse most of the time, maybe you see the doctor for about 10 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. you wax your knees to make sure they bounce or whatever and then says okay you're good to go right or if you look like you're overweight he might toss in a comment there you know maybe you should consider some diet and exercise and the problem is like he has no context for what you're actually doing to manage your weight or your health that doctor he or she is going to see me Mm. and say oh Anson is probably a relatively fit person maybe he walks or Mm -hmm. does some exercise or whatever because it doesn't look like to me that he's overweight Mm. so you know you're good right Maybe I'm not good. Maybe Maybe every night I'm making myself pepperoni and cheese and hot sauce and sour cream roll ups and eating those because it makes me feel good before I go to bed. Not that I've ever done that. (laughs) Or then maybe someone else is coming in. Right. And they look a little overweight and maybe he tosses in, you know, maybe you should think about doing some diet and exercise. Maybe that person is eating nothing but salads and walking every day. That's like that's what we see from these articles. What do they take from that? Like, so what I'm doing isn't good enough. Do I need to starve myself? What What else? What else? Do I need to go run a marathon? Like you don't get to 
just tell someone diet and exercise without giving actual options. Yeah, what does that like, mean? That's yeah. the most like, nuanced. Climb a mountain. Well, okay. That's, okay, that's sure. nice. How do I train for that? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I was reading one of the dietitians said, it's so, so, so important to acknowledge the infinite complexity of each person's relationship to food and exercise and body image, that that's where the treatment has to happen. Mm. Because she said, 80% of my patients cry in the first appointment for something as emotional as weight. You have to listen for a long time before you give any advice. So telling someone lay off the cheeseburger is never going to work if you don't know what those cheeseburgers are doing for them. Yeah. Like, holy cow, so profound and 100% agree. Even as a skinny person, I understand emotional eating. Yeah. And I've done that. Yeah. Like I've been there. Yeah. And so for us to toss out these quick fixes, supposedly, of just just eat less or exercise more. Those are so generic that they're completely unhelpful. And then beyond being completely unhelpful, they're actively harmful Mm. when you're potentially already trying or you have tried and you've experienced failure for one reason or another. I think a lot of this comes back to this idea of like treating people as individuals. We're taking someone we're looking at their weight yes. and we're saying this defines who you are in this right. way. Mm-hmm. When we focus on those stereotypes, we're not going to get the full picture of who someone really is. I mean, just look at how they're portrayed in media. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, like, have you ever mm-hmm. watched like a newscast and they're talking about obesity in America? Yeah. What they do is they like show people walking down a sidewalk yeah. that are overweight but and they cut them cut off, like off. Yeah. cut them yeah. off at the head, which uh. I suppose is probably to try to spare that person the injustice of being shown on the news in a fat person story. As an example. Right. Of, yeah. Yeah. Which I get. But at the same time, it kind of almost dehumanizes Right. Those people. Right. And that has a knock on effect culturally to where eventually we do dehumanize those people. Like, And and it's awful that we do that. But we we turn them into this stereotype of being overweight as opposed to saying, no, that's a real person Mm. who is a child of God, who has innate value, Mm -hmm. who deserves to be treated like that. Yeah. And I think that because we have this misconception that if you're overweight, it is only because of a self-control issue. Yeah. Okay. if we acknowledge that it is a health crisis and I've seen so many stats and so many like articles, obesity is killing twice as many people, five times as many people than mm-hmm. cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So the solution is always like, what did we do with cigarettes? Well, we just like made it impossible to smoke in public places. We kept telling people how bad it was for him. Mm-hmm. And it's this strategy of like shaming people into getting healthy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can tell you that if you have an addiction to anything, you use that to cope with all of the shame that you're getting exactly for your addiction. So it's like, only going to fuel that. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's never like someone shaming you to quit something and you go, Oh, thank you so much for making me feel terrible. Like that yes, helped me. That helps so, <laughs> so much. much. No, that's not how that works. I think there is something interesting though here that the opposite camp, the people who maybe tend to gravitate more towards what we would call fat shaming, their argument would probably be to come back and say, yeah, but this body positivity movement, sometimes it seems like there's just plugging their ears and saying, la la la, I'm fine the way I am. I don't need to change. I'm beautiful. I'm healthy. And they're saying, no, you're not. Mm, And so their approach is to react even more negatively, but obviously that's not working. But that just begs the question, like, what does healthy actually look like? Right. Yeah. Is... (sighs) 
can you be both body positive and also pursuing health? Yeah, yeah. that's a really challenging question. It is really challenging. Not the least of which, because none of us are medical doctors. Yes. None of us are, I mean, none of us have a, a probably a great understanding exactly. of that issue on, on the yeah. level that some other people have. Yeah. But the thing that occurs to me is we've talked before on the podcast about these pendulum swings mm. in culture. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it in terms of like spirituality, mm-hmm. politically, yeah. generationally, like mm. millennials to baby boomers. Yes. There's all sorts of issues where we kind of get to a point where we've pushed an issue so far in one direction yeah. right. that all of a sudden we realize what a mistake we've made and yes. we push back against it and that pendulum begins to swing back the other mm-hmm. way. Almost overcorrect. Yes, that's exactly what happens is most mm-hmm. of the time that momentum carries that pendulum past the center point yes. and all the mm-hmm. way back up towards the other side. Mm-hmm. And so I think the issue that we're starting to push back a little bit now. Yeah. It's really still just beginning. I think yeah. we're starting to say, all right, weight is not the sole indicator of health. Mm. And we've treated it that way for a right. long time mm. and it deserves to be pushed back. It's important yeah. for us to say weight and health are not proportional to one another. And just because someone weighs a little bit more than someone else does not mean they're healthier. Yeah. Mm. I think that's absolutely valid. The thing is, if we go all the way to the other side, maybe the conclusion that some might come to would be weight has nothing to do with health. Right. Mm. And I don't think that's probably accurate either. I think weight can have something to do with health. Mm -hmm. Weight is an indicator of health. It's not the indicator of health. And so just because someone is skinny or fat doesn't necessarily mean that they are healthy or not healthy. But there are statistics that are facts that exist that say the heavier you are, the more prone you are to things like heart disease. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now that's a generality. Okay. That's not true for every single person. Right. I, as a 175 pound person may be more prone to heart disease than that 225 Mm. pound person. Right. Because I have genetic predispositions to high cholesterol and heart disease and all these things that run in my family. Right. So specifically Mm. for my case, that might not be the case, but also generally speaking, being Mm -hmm. heavier is an indicator of risk in that area. Mm -hmm. And we can't necessarily just toss that out the window. Right. So we have to figure out a way for those things to coexist to say, yes, it's an indicator of health. It's one of the many things along with your mental health and all sorts of other things that you need to be paying attention to for yourself. Mm. But we have to stop making it the one thing we focus on to the exclusion (laughs) of all others. Yes. I feel like we've done a really good job. I mean, we're obviously nowhere near perfect in it yet, but I feel like we're making the effort right now to destigmatize mental health and getting mental help and yes. counseling and, you know, everything that you, that goes with mental health. Yes. And I think that maybe we're not quite there yet with, with weight weights. management and mm, obesity. Like that's true. there's still a stigma attached to being overweight. So therefore like mm. we congratulate people without realizing what their methods are for losing weight. Mm. We just see someone who's lost 30 pounds since the last time we seen them hmm. and we say, Oh great. We don't ask them. Well, what's, what's up? Like, right. are, are you, you okay? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, e- even I, I, I hate to, all I have are my own experiences and yeah. I hate to bring them up too much because I know that yeah. I have not struggled in this area like others have struggled. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to appropriate that at all. Mm-hmm. But even I have experienced this and I've lost 12, 15 pounds mm-hmm. uh, over the last few months. And I've had several people make a comment to me, Oh, it looks like you've lost a little weight. Congratulations. And that's the thing that they notice Mm. and that they're congratulating me on. And I'm like, that's all well and good. That's (laughs) that's nice. And it can feel good to be recognized for that. But the thing is, 
I didn't start exercising and running to lose weight. I started exercising because of the mental benefit that it brought me Mm -hmm. because I felt better physically, not necessarily related to my weight or my body image, but just physically I felt better. Now, maybe that's a byproduct of losing some weight or whatever. But the point is losing 10 pounds was not my goal. And it's not the thing I'm most happy about with my exercise regimen. There are other benefits beyond my weight that I would value much higher than losing that 10 pounds. And yet that's what people latch onto of saying, oh, you started exercising and lost 10 pounds. That must feel so great. That's the goal. There's so many other benefits to a healthy lifestyle than just weight loss. And yet if we start an exercise regimen and we start to get some of those benefits, but the weight doesn't come off. Well, mm-hmm. at that point, it's a failure in right. most people's That's eyes. That's how it feels. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, when it really is not, it's yeah. not a failure at all. The yeah. fact is that you're up and you're walking and you're moving around. And yeah. in our culture, that's really difficult to do, frankly. Yeah. And that yeah. should be celebrated in and of itself. There doesn't have to be weight loss attached to that for that to be valuable. So true. I mean, I've, I've gone through seasons where I've been in a really healthy, active pattern where I've gone to Zumba classes and the gym a couple of times a week. Mm. And, and it's just been consistent and eating fairly healthy. And I'm I'm five nine. I'm never going to look like the model on the cover of every magazine who's five nine and a size two. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can be that, all power to you. But that is not what healthy looks like for me. And yet, when I go to the gym and I do all those things and I'm living a healthy lifestyle and it feels like the weight isn't coming off, it does feel like a failure. But you're right. It's not just the fact right. that you're doing it yeah. is a success. Let people shine. Congratulate your buddies when you see them jogging and just be like, hey, that's awesome. Right. Great, yeah. great Regardless of yeah. whatever physical manifestations are happening yeah. or not happening exactly. as a result of that, like being active is part of being healthy. Yeah. Don't Yes. Let's celebrate that in and of itself. Yeah, don't assume that someone who's bigger than you exercising, their only goal is to lose weight. Like right. maybe they're doing that as just broad self-care. Yes. Like that's a thing too. It so, is totally a thing. Yeah. It seems like most of this conversation that we've had, we keep coming back to the word shame. Yeah. Yes. And so I guess in conclusion, my my question (laughs) to you guys is how do we navigate this issue Mm. when the specter of shame Mm. is ever present? Yeah. How do we motivate ourselves or how do we motivate others to be healthier, not way less, Mm. but to be healthier without resorting to shame as the motivational factor? I go back again to this quote. Now I already read it, but every time I read it, I'm like, this, this is the thing that we need more than anything. We need empathy because when you're stuck in a shame cycle, you're isolated, Mm. you hide whatever's going on. And what you need is empathy. Somebody to come alongside you and say, I get it. I'm going to listen. I'm not Mm going to discount your struggle. And what this doctor said is, again, for something as emotional as weight, you have to listen for a long time before you give advice. Yeah. Don't tell someone lay off the cheeseburgers before finding out what are those cheeseburgers doing for them? What's going on underneath the surface? How can I support that before you start getting into strategies and trying to tell them what to do? And I also think it's really important to communicate to yourself and to other people. If you struggle with this, like I do, that you don't have to wait to start living your life until you get to the ideal size, because that's something else that I think we do. And that's what this doctor said that a lot of patients tell her they're waiting till they get smaller to go back to school or apply for a new job. And she said, you know what? There's no magic cure. There's no time machine. We all have to do our best with the body that we have and leave everyone else's alone. All 
right, now it's time for On Repeat this week. The things that we have been jamming, the things that you have loved, the things that you've not loved. My personal On Repeat this week is Don't Go Breaking My Heart by the Backstreet Boys. I love this because in the last couple of years, I have become a jaded dude, bro. Who, <laughs> jaded if, dude if you bro. had asked me if I would ever be again listening to the Backstreet Boys, I'd probably say no. Nah. Um, Did you ever listen to the Backstreet Boys to start with? I was more of an NSYNC fan okay. as a kid. Um, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is my shameful Amen. boy band fan pass. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but now, you know what? I am here and I am proud and I am bumping Backstreet Boys. It's just a vibey, good song. Yes, like, it's, it is. It's, it's got a nice message to it, and I get all of the jollies when I tell people that <laughs> we're playing that we're playing Backstreet Boys. Yes, when I tell them that I work for Real FM, I'm like, yeah, we're playing Backstreet Boys. It's yeah. how you know we're cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah. we're playing this band that was really awesome. Yeah, twenty no, years I ago. I just love it. Like I've it's had vintage. it in the car. It's kind of like my drive to the park song. Is don't go breaking my heart. It's an awesome. Song Have you watched the uh, the music video to the song? I haven't. Yet. Where Do they're all just dancing. I mean, they're basically all just dancing on stage. Yeah, like boy band stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Except that's for awesome. they're all twenty years older. One of them uh, has a walker. Yeah, I know. I'm just waiting that's... for like the parody to come out <laughs> yeah. with like crackly knees and like you know. Like, oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I uh, haven't seen that yet. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, this is a good song. I like it. So this week I'm doing the beta testers on repeat, and uh, we just so happen to have a, a duplicate here because the favorite song according to the beta testers this week is "Okay" by Peabod and Holland which you'll remember was my on repeat last week. Yes. Right. So, so I don't have to bore you with going over how much I love that song <laughs> for the second week in a row. I'm going to go to their second favorite song this week, which was memorized by <gasps> Matt Carney. Listen to Shawty, playing on the radio, sipping on your latte, drawing on your window. You feel like second nature. Read it in your eyes. I don't I could be wrong. I didn't actually go back and double check this, but I believe we've played four different singles from Matt Carney's latest album on mm. Real FM. Uh huh. And I'm pretty sure all four of those songs <laughs> have ended up as number one songs on Real FM. And rightfully so. <laughs> I don't know that Matt Carney is capable of making a bad song. And I'm no. not sure this is going to be the last one either. Uh, yeah, there are so more good. songs from this album we may end up playing. So Money, good. I think, may end up being the next one on the list. Oh, I love that one. We'll have to see. <laughs> Kara is like jumping all. in her seat. I'm like a fan I'm, girl I'm here. not. I'm also not necessarily convinced that it isn't actually Kara just rigging <laughs> all of the votes. <laughs> and voting 34. all. Yeah. <laughs> she just has like 47 different logins. That's right. How many, burner, <laughs> how many burner emails do you have? <laughs> she just logged in and um, votes all the Matt Carney songs straight to the top. So sneaky. All by herself. That's true. No, but seriously, I mean this album from Matt Carney, if you haven't listened to the album Crazy Talk yet, mm. you should yeah. go take a listen to it. It's one of those albums I think people will cite when uh, they're talking about what's an album you can listen to all the way through Ooh, from yeah. beginning to end without skipping yep. songs. Totally. I don't think there's a bad song on the record. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. all really, really good. And if you like 
Matt Carney's style of music, mm-hmm. you're going to love everything about yeah. this album. It's glorious. And Memorized really is. It's just another great song. It has kind of that nostalgia element to it. There's, There's a Sade yeah. shout out on this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So it, it's kind of got that, yeah. you know, like going down memory lane thing going. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then it's just a cute love song, too. Like, I've got you yeah. memorized. I don't need you down on paper. Uh, you feel like second nature. I can read it in your eyes. Yeah. I mean, my wife is the same way with this song. It like just cuts like, like like straight melt. to her heart. If <laughs> I had so written this for my wife, yeah. you know, I would be yeah. like the most revered husband of all time. That's how guys probably feel about yeah. Matt Carney. They're That's like, true. hey, leave some like romantic oh, lines yeah. for the yeah. rest us. of us. <laughs> Reading those lyrics, Kara just got big anime heart eyes. <laughs> this week, I have the beta testers on delete pick, which is the song that you're maybe not vibing with quite so much. And this week it is Coming In Hot by Andy <sighs> Minio and Lecrae. No! <laughs> Disagree. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. Okay, guys, so I feel like I may not be the best one to um, advocate for or against this song. I okay. You have an opinion. I have an opinion. Do you not? I do. Okay. You can either advocate okay. or not, right? Okay, okay, so... Be strong, Karen. I'll be strong. Tell us what you think. <laughs> I actually do kind of like the song. I will confess, I came to Lyric Genius to check it out a little bit after I discovered the beta testers aren't really vibing so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like a non-woke white girl here when I read the <laughs> lyrics because I'm like I don't quite know what we're talking about and then I get most of it I'm like, so he I, does. I'm like Kara, I, obviously. I love that that's my favorite part no two favorite parts to the song and this uh-huh. makes it worth it for me I listen to this song because it's a good like yeah. it's a good bumping song like you say and so the coming in hot just like a fajita that's one of my favorite parts yep. not the least of which is because Anson said his daughter his yes. six-year-old daughter mm-hmm. one day came in the room and said I'm coming in hot just like a fajita <laughs> and so now that's my favorite thing in the whole yeah. world so there's that and then also, I love the part of the song where he said, I'm going to need y'all to quit asking when me and my wife can have some kids. Right now, we just practicing. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. Uh, and I'm going to so save that for after I am married and people start asking me that. Yeah. So those are my favorite parts of the song. I really love the beat. Where, but, where are you feeling like an unwoke white girl? Well, I just don't I don't know what it's all about. <laughs> like I actually don't know what the song is about besides fajitas and the funny little punchy things. Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm not actually sure what it's about. And I I bet that's where people are maybe getting a little off if they're not as into the beat. Maybe they're like, what is he talking about? Because I just I'm not as well versed in the language, maybe. So that could be why maybe it's not. But I love it. And the the fun little there's a lot of fun little drops in it that I sometimes catch. That is it for episode three of season three of the Real Talk podcast. We had a lot of fun tackling a pretty (laughs) deep one today, but actually I wanted to end with this quote that is there were so many good pieces from all these different articles that we read today. And so we didn't get to fit them all in. So I'm just going to throw this one more in. And usually we try to end on a fun note. I'm going to like end on a more serious note this time, throw things off. So Nicole Morgan in an article on relevant.com said this, God is not ashamed of you. God is not ashamed of your body. Our right to speak is not taken away by our imperfect bodies. 
And a body the world calls flawed does not invalidate the wonder and power of our creator. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anton and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.